it's Stompface, the Violence King. You're listening to the Mep Report. Enjoy, or I punch you. Let my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles And I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out for I've been here for years. Welcome to the Mep Report, episode number 17, February 15, 2006. People say we mep it around. Oh, yeah. So what's up out there? We are are all at the trio today because somebody is not here. Andy! And um, so it's just going to be the three of us today, apparently, or tonight, or whenever today is. uh, Tardiness will not be tolerated. Um, but we want to welcome F1, everyone in. Be on time. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Now you're now you're not tardy. Um, we want to welcome everybody. We want to. Uh, I guess we got to start, right, guys, by sending out a shout to, uh, or sending a shout out, not out a shout. Sending a shout out to the daily podcast review. Sending out uh, and shout. Put your hands up and shout. Put your out out and shout. Come on, on now. Well, that's okay. Um, <laughs> Feel free to cut him off. Really, just <laughs> yeah. keep going. Pretend he's not even doing this. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, the, what's it called? I guess it's the daily podcast review, um, which gave us this really great review. And we want to, we want to do two things. We want to say thank you for the review. We want to say that story is getting a new mic and we want to say that we love Canada. And I think we've now hit everything. (laughs) Did you hear that? (laughs) We love Canada. I don't know if you heard that, but when you were talking about technology and you were like, story is getting a new, it was perfect. Perfect irony. That's awesome. That's very funny. That's what we're all about. Um, That's awesome. So... Here's the so we thing. love Canada. This Canada is, yes, for all. I, I, I will announce this is my last show with this mic. Hopefully the new mic Woo-hoo! will be better. That's the, that's the other problem is that, you know, I don't know necessarily that just because I'm getting a mic that's not broken, that it'll Hopefully be it'll significantly better audio I mean, quality. <laughs> it's possible that my voice just sounds like a broken mic, you know. Yeah. Well, on that, Russ, when Greg, Greg first... Uh, Greg was so excited when he saw the Daily Podcast review, another positive review for us, that he yes. called me on this really crackly cell phone thing that was, like, getting blown away by a blizzard because we were all back east. More on that later. And he calls me, and he's reading through the whole review verbatim, and I'm like, this is great, this is great, this is great. And he's like, that's the good, now the bad. And what I heard, oh, yeah. <laughs> great. the actual text was, Story's mic needs to be re- is horrible and needs to be replaced, which is absolutely true, and I, I accept that. What I heard, however, was Story Clayton is absolutely horrible <laughs> and needs to be replaced. <laughs> and this caused me a great deal of concern. Uh, and, and I did great, not enjoy I, that. I finished reading it, and there's this silence, and then Story's like, yeah, well, um... That's uh, that's great. I'm like, yeah, so isn't that great? He's like, yeah, I wasn't really happy that he wants me to be replaced. That. I'm like, not you, but your mic. So He's like, oh. you were reading it. It's a good review. I know. You're like, I have this great review. It says that you're horrible. I have this and great review. He needs to be replaced. This is how <laughs> Russ and I are letting you know that you're off the show. Anyway. <laughs> this is so both, both story is worthless and Greg is an asshole in the same misread sentence. <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly. <laughs> Tremendous. Oh, man. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so we're can very I, happy about that. Can and I we are not ethnocentric. We the want other to say main we, criticism? You know, the other yeah, main criticism it. of us was that we're very American-centric. We only speak about American issues. And so I'm going to make a, my own personal attempt to correct that, but only in this episode. So I'm going to chime <laughs> in whenever possible with some international perspective on what we're talking about because all of our listeners in Burundi have been writing in, and they're right, and it's wrong of me to do that. And That's so true. I, I apologize, and I'll oh, try to I'll make look, amends. I look forward to that. Yeah. Cause we the other thing on that yeah. note, by the way, is the end of the end of that cast said that... <laughs> I just can't get over this. It said that patriotism is fine, but it's good that we don't overdo it. I would like to point out that the patriotism that we generally bring into our show is wondering every time when I sign off from this broadcast if my next phone call is going to be from Homeland Security. Okay, I don't really think that we're that patriotic. I yeah. mean, there are times that I seriously think about putting anything on the Internet because yeah. we're going to get you know, I mean, called into the Albert Gonzalez Hall of 
Gitmo. D- to be fair, like I mean, I, I don't you know whether I don't know whether this is. Hey, it's Andy has hey! arrived. Hey, Andy, greetings. We're live, Andy. So we're live. We're recording, oh, well, and you never censor yourself anyway. <laughs> I was like, don't say anything. Oh, never but mind. It's all part of the show, baby. <laughs> it's live and in person. No, what oh. I was gonna say was. Uh, what I was going to say was that part of, you know, whenever you listen to us, like, I, I don't want to just sort of reveal this information and maybe, leash, you know, now that we actually have some good, a good subscriber base and we're getting a lot of listeners, I don't want to shock anyone off, but I'm, I feel constrained to reveal this information. Um, most of us, in fact, all, in fact, all of us are shocking pretty... Shocking off. It's like shocking off. Shocking off, <laughs> but shocking off. We're pretty liberal, all of us. Uh, we're... We're pretty left of center. I mean, you know, some on various issues more than others, like Russ and I and Andy probably like America a little more than Story does, but, you know, we're pretty far left. So for those of you who and may have been, you know, concerned about liberal, that... Mr. Wilson is referring to the American context of the liberal politicians, which normally refers to ending welfare and killing babies. Of course, we in Europe have a different definition of such term, but we'll have to be patient with the Americans as they pretend to be the left of center when in fact they are on the right falling off the wall. I would like to thank Pierre oh, yeah. from the great nation of freedom, as in Freedom Fries. We'd like to thank Pierre for his work. Excuse me, that's La Freedom. <laughs> it comes from La Freedom. Vive La Freedom. That's, that's exactly the key. Oh, goodness. Yeah, so um, we, we do want to make sure that we're that. But we like that review, and it's good. Things seem to be going uh, pretty well in that regard, so that's so that's pretty cool. So one thing I want to throw out there, since we're talking about Ameri- you know not being American-centric, why not talk about the American vice president? Because American-centric or not, um, our vice president shot someone. And uh, I, wonder, I wonder what all of you think about... What, what did you think when you saw the headline, Dick Cheney shoots a man? I mean, what... What first Man came meat. to mind? <laughs> Man meat came to mind. I was Andy. wondering why Redis. his special visit to Iraq hadn't been announced earlier. Ah, uh, that's cute. That's cute. That's it. Nobody thought anything else. They're just like, and yeah, no so one shot else somebody. Thought anything. <laughs> Russ actually thought nothing. Russ, <laughs> Russ drew a total blank when this happened. Russ's mind the actually normal thought process. Yeah, he actually dropped all Seriously, the things when, he was doing. Whenever there's some story that I'm supposed to be surprised about that one of our glorious leaders did some horrible or stupid or miscalculated or, you know, hidden thing from the American people. I'm like, yeah, moving along as if, you know, we're supposed to be surprised by these things. Is there anything that they could do that you wouldn't be surprised about at this, at this point in time? Um, like if Dick Cheney flew over to Iran and peed on the head (laughs) of the premier of Iran. What a great idea. Would that, how much would that surprise you on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, not very much, i got to admit. Not, not very much. much. You see? You see? What about we this? What, what if Dick Cheney what came out and said, I realized, I realized after a long time that I've finally found God and religion, and I've decided that I really care about the poor, and so I'm you know, encouraging the president to pass a $6 quadrillion uh, aid package for all the poor people everywhere. That would surprise me. Well, you see, again, this wouldn't this wouldn't fall into the category of stupid or misguided or dangerous or dumb. Oh, I that see. That would be I something see. helpful and useful and constructive, which would be very surprising. Yes. So there you go. Okay. So only non-misguided, only misguided things would be surprising in that regard. This analysis brought to you by the slightly left of center, right-wing <laughs> Democrats from America. <laughs> what if the president came on TV and said... <laughs> he came on TV, dude. That would be so X-rated. They would put that shit on HBO, dude. He said, he's like, what if they oh came on TV God. and said, "Ping," that uh, I would say, I "Wow." Yeah, that's Andy's what I heard. I heard the end segments out of ping. context. <laughs> oh, did, did, did I censor myself accidentally? Yes, you did. Say that again. <laughs> you just said something different than what you intended. So what were you saying? God actually came into the podcast and said, thou shalt not say that, and <laughs> obliterated it from our ears. I did have this image of like someone uh, saying, like, you know, the president says, and all of a sudden you hear, ding, and then player left, and then we never hear from Andy again. That did cross my mind my that that could go down ready. that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Said, ding, I have toast. <laughs> You're free to move about the nation. Sorry, Andy, you were saying? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if I was really saying anything, actually. I mean, I, just like I think the, if anything got pinged out, it might have been me saying man meat. Oh, really? Uh, you know, well, it's good that you got the extra right. in there to sort of. Uh, that's yeah. the irony. Is the, that's the irony? Is that that's actually it? Actually, pinged out a word that was inappropriate. 
<laughs> well, it just shows you. Flying beaver is real. That's right. You got to believe in them. Got to believe. Of course, those of us in the atheist and agnostic uh, portion of the of the world do not believe in the giant flying beaver or any other crazy religious symbolisms that you try to include in your Americanized podcast. Carry on. You know, Pierre, you're starting to sound less French and more like Ringo Starr. Is there a reason for that? Look, I'm going to go with German. American. Or, or German. I'm going to go with German-French hybrid. You sound like you're the from Alsace-Lorraine. The main issue here is that I'm not American. Joke. That's ridiculous. <laughs> as long as I don't come from the States, then I'm no longer ethnocentric, and that's all you need to worry about. That's just, oh, I see. This is how we get the Burundians involved, all right? We've got to t- speak that language, and the Burundians, they all talk like uh, Beatles impersonators, so that's important for you to know. The guy's listening to us just now, and he's just like, Americans make fun of Burundians by saying they're like vaguely British-sounding people. I hate that, and that's why the MEP report is, should not be so American-centric. Hey, do you think Burundians is. will be more or less receptive to satire than the Islamic fundamentalists? Because I don't feel like being assassinated anytime soon. I wouldn't think the Burundians would be particularly upset because we have great respect for the nation of Burundi. And all, you know, in fact, I would say, I, you know, you guys can tell me if this is right. I would say that we at the MEP report are more supportive and care more about Islamic fundamentalist countries than any country in the world. Any country where it's likely bad things could happen to us, we tend to be more supportive of in general um, because we don't want to be have bad things happen to us there. What? That does not explain our criticism of America. Oh, well, you I know. think this is the place where it's most likely bad things will happen to us, especially <laughs> considering we spend most of our time here, and we are not supportive of America at all. So right. I don't really I, – I disagree. I dissent. Yeah, but you're in a rogue state anyway, dude. You're a representative you're in California. from the nation of Pakistan. I'd like to applaud your comments about how you'd hate the United States and wish them all to die. Thank you. <laughs> Which was brought to you originally by Story Clayton. He lives at <laughs> – I don't want anyone to die. I just don't like the U.S. That's yeah. so wrong. just doesn't want them to live happily or at all. Thank you. Come again. Look, that's an Indian. What are you trying to confuse me with? You can't tell what kind of subtle dialect of an accent that I may or may not be talented at doing. Kill you. I had a kind of out-of-body experience the other day. I was sitting in my office, and um, outside the door, um, one of the uh, one of the guys, is one of the professors in the, um, I think he's in the School of Business, but he has an office near mine, was, he's Indian, and he was walking around outside talking to his mortgage broker or something like that. Um, but he kept going in and out of English into Indian, which was a sort of, bizarre to me so he'd be like you know because i was picking up every you know five words made sense and then all of a sudden it you know nothing was there and i didn't realize i wasn't paying attention to the conversation i was doing you know i was doing work and all of a sudden i'm like wait a minute what's going on because he'd be like well i think the points are and then if you sell the house to others and i was just like i thought that like my mind was you know every five seconds was like crapping out like i like my antenna was maladjusted or something and i wasn't really you know like there was a storm outside or something and i wasn't getting everything just right i think he was, was just doing uh, Mad Libs with his kids at home. <laughs> Is that what he was doing? Well, that would, that would make sense. Yeah. It, was very, it was very confusing. Well, they put it to the table. They put it running. They just keep <laughs> asking their, like, verb. It's <laughs> like, like it's saunter. It's like, it's a measure of how far America's language, you know, how far English has uh, penetrated into these other countries when you see, when they're going through their language and all of a sudden some American thing, which tends to be some business, jumps in. So it's like, McDonald's, Big Mac, Levi's, you know, the more of those you get, the le- you know, the more that uh, corporate culture is sort of invading these countries. So. Yeah, except when it's McDonald's, it's just them saying, now we're destroying the McDonald's. Let's go in and set it on fire. Did you guys <laughs> see what happened in Pakistan? They set McDonald's on fire? They they totally just destroyed the McDonald's in, in Lahore, Pakistan today. Or this yesterday, is propaganda. Probably, we wanted our burgers well done. Oh, Extra God. well done. Oh, God. To every time one of these places, every time, you know, America does something that screws things up, which is, you know, many times, you know, you must imagine that these, like, multinational corporations... That, right, exactly. The Global Consciousness Project records it. <clears throat> and these multinational corporations must Ding. go, oh, would you please, would you please stop? Would you please stop? They're all like, okay, here we go again, one more time. Because, Greg, clearly the multinational corporations based in America have nothing to do with causing the outrage or ire at any point. It's always the fault of just the government, right? Oh, no, I mean, I'll accept that, but I don't think they have anything to do with, let's say, republishing cartoons in European newspapers, as an example. That's not quite so much what they do. 
Yeah. I find your discussions of multinational corporations to be ethnocentric and annoying and not interesting at all to me as a New Zealander. (laughs) We'd like to thank our New Zealand uh, group for um, chiming in. Wouldn't it be great if there was actually like a commentary audience? Like we could just have an audience in the background, like a studio audience that could make comments. And just be like, that, you don't know what you're talking about. I hate you. Destroy America. We should totally get a laugh track on this. Oh, yeah. Totally get a laugh track. That would be phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It would be like one of those 60s sitcoms. It would be like the MEP Report Prime. The MEP Report Squared. It would be like, well, here are four guys who just ramble about stuff. Now let's add in another 17 (laughs) random people who ramble about stuff. True. It would do nothing but dilute what we've already got. It would be the same basic principle. These people would be reviewing and they'd be like, I thought it was great. Occasionally I heard words like, you know, man meat and mep and flying beaver. And it seemed to be funny. Everyone was laughing, but I couldn't really tell. I think there's some sexual innuendo going on, but I don't understand why. (laughs) So, yep, yep, yep. So Dick Cheney shoots people and that's pretty much what's going on there. And, you know, we were actually, I think it's actually lucky that um, all of us are here to be able to, to do this show given the effect of, um, you know, the snow that we had, this nor'easter, which buried us with 6,000 feet of snow that we all, because a lot of us were out east, Indeed. you know, so um, we barely made it out, so I'm glad to see that there were no problems actually getting back. It was dangerous for a while there. What was that? Back word? from the uh, Dino Debate Tournament, so. Yep. A good time. That's right. You should uh, send out congratulations to... Um, Andy uh, of the MEP Report, who got to the quarterfinals, and Story of the MEP Report, who got to the finals, and uh, was also in the uh, top, uh, I think you were third speaker overall, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yep. we want to congratulate them. Yep. Uh, Story, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Hit me. <clears throat> to put you on the spot in the middle of the MEP Report for no particular reason. Please do. But That's what we do here. You, yeah. You did, if I'm correct, you guys knocked out a Brandeis team in quarterfinals, oh, didn't you? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, the oh, only unqualified Brandeis God. debater in the break, which is the Was really bad part. Was there a rationale behind this being okay to do? Yeah, I mean, we talked about we talked about it at the time, and we had already agreed, Emily and I, that if we hit a Brandeis or Princeton team who wasn't qualified in semis, that we would not debate the round and we would let them go through. But uh, quarters is kind of a different proposition, and we talked to the team about it, and we talked to the people involved, and nobody felt good about us punting, so we debated the round, and it was very close. We debated, we ran the most open case that, you know, I can conceive of or that anybody really has, and and uh, we won on a 3-2. It was very close. They debated very well, so, yeah. But it was very unfortunate. The case situation. was, though, basically you were doing the equivalent of LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony taking on me and Brad and going, well, we'll each play with one sneaker off. <laughs> that way it'll be even. That's a fascinating analogy. I I don't think that's really a fair characterization by any stretch. I mean, you know, they were a good team. They did well. I, I And I don't think in that situation... Hey, I'm a good basketball no player, man. I don't I'm think in that situation... Player. <laughs> the result would be LeBron and Carmelo 3, Brad and Russ 2. I think it might be LeBron and Carmelo 300, Brad and Russ 2. So I think that right there is evidence that uh, we were doing something a little different. Hey, man, you haven't faced right. the foul well, machine that is Russ. A couple of years in the past. I know that, hey, I've gained a lot of games since moving out here to L.A. and playing <laughs> on the very tough Beverly Hills public park court. Oh, yeah. But I digress. I want to take story back about four years Gosh, was that long? Jesus. Anyway, I was debating as a dino in very much similar situation to what you did this weekend uh, in my first year of graduating with the uh, Middlebury Tournament. Who are you debating, debating with, with Russ? Oh, yes. Dino. Yes. I was debating and with you, him. sir. Yes. And we ran into a team in quarterfinals that had one debater who was qualled and one debater who was not. <laughs> this, this you, sure, you sure you want to go down this, do this path? You sure you want to go down this path, Russ? And was there a round? No, there wasn't a round because Greg and I decided that <gasps> oh. if, as much fun as we were having debating and as much as we were looking forward to going to the tournament together and getting to finals that we couldn't see fit to knock a Brandeis team out when they had a potential to qual, even if it meant that they had to, you know, go through semis on their own without a guarantee. Oh. It's true. You're a bad, you're a bad person. Story. That's the point. In case it wasn't clear. <laughs> I see. Interesting. Jeez. Well, 
Mark, Mark and Rebecca disagree, so uh, that's all I can say there. I was going to give you I the... I mean, is, is there a reason why... <laughs> and, and, of course, Story, you personally were one of the debaters that we bowed out to in that quarterfinal round, and I don't remember any real resistance on the part of you and Beth for us to not debate you guys. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure... I don't sure. remember any encouraging right. words being like, why? I mean, am I wrong? Why, what, but This is the best thing ever, by the way. I'm really enjoying this. Can we <laughs> yeah. continue? I was gonna say, is, is I mean, awesome. we're we're not stopping. I don't know what I I, mean, I I don't know what you're looking for me to say, Russ. I I is, I mean, what's the difference between the two situations? Why should one have happened one way and the other one not? <sighs> Welcome to I the mean, awkward the, report. You know, maybe the other one shouldn't have happened this way. For one thing, I think part of the difference, and I talked to Mark about this, is that we were not an all Brandeis team, whereas you and Greg were an all Brandeis team. So I think that makes a difference. I think that. There's also a difference in a tournament that specifically invites dinos back and is supposed to be a showcase of dinos versus, you know, current debaters as opposed to one where you guys were the only two dinos at the whole tournament. I think that's a pretty substantial difference as well. And, you know, there you have it. Nice points. Good job story. I also would have, uh, I, I was wondering about the open, the so. open case part. Um, I would have thrown as an open case, um, you, I was actually thinking about this when we were talking about open cases, and I was thinking that th this is the most open case I can conceive of. See if you guys agree. You are a person who loves life. You love every aspect that exists of life. Life and you are one and the same in the sense that you love everything about it. You are standing at the edge of a cliff. No one whatsoever is telling you to jump off the cliff. You just came to do some sightseeing. You're looking over the edge of the cliff. In the car is waiting your beautiful family um, who desperately need you to survive. <laughs> and um, as you stare over the cliff and the wind blows like through your hair, part. you should, for no reason whatsoever, throw yourself off the cliff and end your life immediately. That, I think, is the most open case that I can conceive of. Yeah, huh? I never said it was the most open case conceivable. That's pretty open. I said it was, you know, no, no, I was a very moving open case. No, no, I, I was moving on from your particular so, case. Wow. I just wanted to get my open case out there <laughs> in case anybody cared. I mean, you know, we're we're all debaters. I I see the the side of of Story's argument, like he flew cross country to do this, and you know it would suck to have to not be able to compete in the the playoffs. What we we call break rounds of debaters, the playoff rounds of the tournament, because he ran into two Brandeis debaters. I don't know about the Brandeis Princeton hybrid thing. I mean, I, are you really going to tell me that you have less of a vested interest in how Brandeis does than when Greg and I were debating together as dinos, and therefore it's okay for you to knock somebody out of? Uh, a potential to I'm fall. Think he's saying Emily has less of that interest, and it's not yeah, fair to her. I'm saying the team has less of an interest than your team does when you were the former and future coach of the Brandeis team. So former there's enough less of a vested interest between a former president and like an honorary member of the Brandeis debate team than the uh, old coaches at the debate team debating together. I mean, honorary member, whatever. I mean, she dated me, and that's the, the constitution of the know membership or whatever i don't know i mean uh, i do think that there is a uh, you know that she has a less vested interest in it and it's you know h harder for her to have an obligation to that and i think in semis there's a different obligation but you know i mean i don't know like not to put too fine a point on this either but the team specifically invited emily and i back to debate and said that they wanted this whereas a lot of people on the team resisted and disagreed with you guys debating at Middlebury. So there's also sort of the popular support issue, too, I think, of, like, what the general consensus of people on the team are looking for. And it was very different in these two cases, I think. The team resisted and didn't support us debating together at Middlebury? This I remember there were people who objected to that. This is starting to get very interesting. Yeah, time. Very, very interesting. It's great. Okay, I mean, I mean this that's is true, though. I mean, as it gets around here, isn't it? The fact uh, that Greg and I, you know, intentionally lost fifth round when we hit a Brandeis team and then didn't debate when we hit a Brandeis team in quarterfinals, I mean, obviously would allay any concerns right. about us debating at no, a tournament where people would be trying I'm, to qual. That's true. Right. I'm just saying that at the time there was there was a little more controversy surrounding it. That's all I'm saying. If we're going to pull out a full comparison of the situation, I think that's necessary. No, no, that's, that's, that's interesting. I didn't... Uh... I might offer in, in defense of the other side that that quarterfinal round that just happened was not w without contention entirely. There were some people who were who were unsure within the current de Brandeis debate team that that was the proper result. I'll, I'll add that. They obviously didn't think it was a huge deal. They didn't say anything, but a couple people mentioned it. 
So it's Are not saying, saying that the, the round one should or shouldn't have taken place, or that one team shouldn't have won the result? That the result should have been in a, an all-out attempt to get the, the team an extra call. It wasn't a huge deal, but I'm, I'm just saying it shouldn't be looked at as like Middlebury, everybody was against it, and at BU, everybody was really happy oh, about the way say things everybody. turned out. I didn't say everybody. I said that there were, you know, there were some voices of dissent, and apparently there were secret voices of dissent in this situation, too. I, I have no idea. I mean, certainly at the initial outset, at the very least, you know, everybody was very encouraging, and, you know, there was an effort to get the team to pay for our plane tickets, which I resisted and said was ridiculous and, you know, unnecessary, but, you know, that was just what the team was was doing so i don't know and i'm not saying anybody was against the idea of you coming that's not my point it was just i'm just saying that right there were people who said you know everyone wants to see lebron james you know come up in the rucker park tournament in new york city and start playing with one team then the question becomes if all of a sudden then he beats the end one team that has worked the entire year you know with their end one sponsorship to try to make a name for themselves and you know get some uh drafts into the NBA or CBA then and he screws it up for them by, you know, scoring 500 points on them and making them look stupid then maybe he shouldn't have done it. Can I ask who whether Story or Emily is LeBron James in this situation? Is Story the LeBron James? It's <laughs> a good question. I don't yeah. I just picked two really good players at random, but I don't I don't think that there's any correlation between Emily Story and LeBron James Cumberland Anthony because in that example clearly one of the basketball players is better than the other one. And I wouldn't say the the same thing in real debate life. Which well, I think clearly Emily's LeBron James and Story's Shaq. And Story's Shaq? He well, like Shaq. Story Emblem, so I get that part. The problem with it, with that, though, is that Story actually hits three-pointers on occasion, and Shaq is not really... I, I mean, I understand the Story's physical inside presence is one thing, but, you know, the fact is that Story's a better outside shooter than Shaq ever well, was. How do you know that Shaq can't hit threes? Have you ever seen him try? I've seen him shoot free throws. That ought to be enough. I bet he can actually hit threes... Like on a good high school level. Uh, Remember that Bill, uh, Bill Simmons column where Shaq beat him in horse by hitting a couple threes and embarrassed him? No, is, is, is that really true? That actually happened? Do you remember Minute yeah, Bowl? Sports guy, the sports guy Bill Simmons played Shaq in uh, horse. You remember Minute Bowl? In the All-Star game a couple of years ago. The the seven foot six guy awesome. who, who shot three-pointer, like he hit a couple three-pointers in his career? Which was always funny because as he was shooting the ball, because of the angle of the basket and where he was shooting it from, it was basically like he was sort of like throwing it as a laser because he was his body was already up at the level of the basket based upon the angle from which he was shooting it. Which <laughs> so just basically took yeah, it and like how it works better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you're nine feet tall, to be shooting from that angle. Yeah. Anyway. I brought a lot of uh, of bad feelings into this part of the MEP report. I just sort of wanted to see what would happen if I didn't talk about it until now, and I think the result is the, kind of You did the right thing, Russ. You did the right thing. Muted and possibly crappy, but worth a shot. And I hope I didn't completely cut Story's willingness to be part of the MEP report tonight. This is <laughs> out of everything. Yeah, this is... Uh, Story has I, I, I'm show. going to actually just go ahead and interpret all that has passed uh, and disbelieve everything that Russ said and actually believe that Russ's entire 100% motivation for doing this and bringing this up as an issue, making it a little uncomfortable, is merely revenge for an email that I, in good faith, happily <laughs> forwarded him today that was just a friendly, open, inviting thing where I passed on the love, I shared the love that Dark Age of Camelot shared with me today. And that is that I they offered me 10 know. free days. Russ, Greg, and I, all former Dark Age uh, players. Andy even sampled it for a brief time. Greg remaining a former Dark Age guy. tunes for a day. Yes. Anyway, so... I also don't play Super Mario Brothers anymore, by the way. Than, <laughs> than either... <laughs> I also, you know, I also don't play a Tech Mobile Andy. 1. And Russ... Okay. Russ decently you know? more than I did. Regardless, I didn't know I, that uh, they drug offer me dealers 10 free days, do uh, and I wanted Russ to know about it. Campaign. And I think he's a little do, upset. Do drug dealers do email campaigns these days? That was the first email I've ever hey, received man. from a drug itself. It's being illegal, like, Hello, illegal drug. Welcome. It's methamphetamines. Come back to us. We'll give it to you for free for 10 days. If you sign up, <laughs> all you have to do is click on this go, link. Go to the local lab Remet. around the corner. Yeah, exactly. It's the meth report. That's uh, just like you remember that when Nikki told her. Uh, her mom, she'd been hanging out at the meth house, and she <laughs> misheard it and thought she said meth house. 
<laughs> That's disturbing. Nikki had to spend an hour long trying to explain to her mom that she was not, in fact, hanging out with people who made methamphetamines in the basement. <laughs> it was tremendous. And then <laughs> Does they anyone just call this? it the meth house. I only yeah, they work in a lab, but it's not. It's nothing wrong with it. They're nice guys. All she needed to know is that they're we don't have paper, a. But nothing. We never had ordinary. a. There was no basement at the Mep House, so that pretty much is all she needed to know about that. We did, however, there was a brewery there for a no while. No basement that she ever saw. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there was a secret door. Yeah, there um, was some home brewing. No public sure. basement. There was home brewing that happened, um, where we Brad and uh, my old roommate Matt, Todd. Might as well be. It would yeah, the way that it tasted apparently, since they were making this awful like. You know, god awful, really yeasty yeah. beer that was I terrible. I think I was the only one that actually sampled this stuff. Yeah, it was given terrible. I'm the only person who will assent to drinking beer, <laughs> except for Andy, who I don't think was just around when they were home brewing. Right, and didn't miss anything as a result. Believe me. It's kind of like sand in a bucket. It was just some buckets with sand, and then you're supposed to drink it and to make them happy. I never understood that part. <laughs> right, and, and they were like, well, like, "It's a bucket. It's got <laughs> some sand." They were like, "Well, the <laughs> yeast is at the bottom. You know, just avoid the yeast at the bottom." I'm like, "Yes, most beers that I want, I want to make sure that I have a limit. Like, you know how they have the thing, you know, do not fill above this line. I certainly want to be one of those people. Do not drink below this line. That's certainly what I'm looking for in in my beer. That's my option." One of my favorite parts about the pre us map house was that uh, Brad and Todd had put a top ten list of their favorite beers up on the kitchen wall. And Greg, in his protest of having only beers be rated, had put his top ten root beer brands <laughs> right next to them on the wall to be like, these I are good, too. I remember seeing this yes. when I came over yeah. and visited. It was a shorter was list. really hysterical. Yeah, it was a shorter list because there were really only, like, four root beers that I had labels from, you know, like, that I could put up there. And, like, because there were some, like, crap root beer, but there weren't all that many brands, like, I had garbage. Like, you know, I had uh, whatever the Adirondack brand of root beer was. Now, that stuff is god-awful, but, I mean, I was like... Look, you know, it's one of the ten brands that I know of root beer, <laughs> so it's no Virgil's, but, you it's know. It's god-awful, but it's definitely the sixth best root beer sixth made in the world. Sixth god-awful root beer, yeah, no, no question. So, yeah, so you guys have made the terrible error of getting back to the crack fest that, you know, we call, uh... It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, well... Hey, no one has signed up yet. I just, I've received an email and thought very strongly about looking for my Dark Age install CDs. That's, that's all I've done. And shared it and shared it with a friend. Because Russ and I used to have a lot of fun in Hibernia. We used to roam around. We used to gank. It was a good time. We, we had great times in Hibernia. And I think, uh, you know, there's possibly, there's possibly a future. Wouldn't it be great if next week we could schedule a live from Hibernia map report? Oh, we could go I mean, believe me. And Russ and I could be talking while we're ganking. Would not that be tremendous? You. Can you refrain from talking about you and Russ ganking together? This is a family <laughs> show. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I can don't I even know how to mean yeah. that anything else. Yeah, so basically what Story has oh, said man. is, he's like, you know, the MEP report, starting to experience some success, getting some listeners, people are liking it. Now we will devastate all of them by doing a live show which will destroy any interest anyone has ever had in the MEP report. I see it. I can see it all now through my mind's eye. You know, oh come on! I want to make, on. There are I make a few audience. comments. I want to make a few comments about Dark Age, since uh, given what this trial represents, it may or may not be the last time I'm ever going to talk about this game on the MEP report <laughs> or in public, or among friends or anywhere else for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> well, part of the the pull, the draw on these types of mrpsk, as stories called them, is that uh, when you create this character in this very you know realistic computerized world, in this case one set in the Arthurian times, and we, we were playing the, the well-known Irish contingent of Arthurian times, which was really just sort of the added-in third realm of like, oh, we need a third realm. We have the Norse and all the Vikings, and we have the English, the Arthurians. Who else are we going to They're like, how about the fairies? They're like, what fairies? You know, they're always fairies. All right, fairies. That's the third realm. So anyway, it, the thing about these games is when you start creating your character and you build them and it sort of takes on a very tangible dimension of your own personality. And you really if you're Russ. start to believe that this is your avatar in real life. As Russ. Like, there are things that happen to this character that has happened to me that affect you very personally. Like, this guy, this dude, my character, who had... I'm not going to say his name because it was kind of silly and uh, I don't want to be recognized as this person for people who are coming over from the game. Of the, you know, the 17 fanboys who still exist of Dark Age of Camelot. This guy was like a very dashing, like, 
handsome, well-respected, powerful dude in in this world. And like, as crazy as it sounds, like females in the game much more likely to be attracted to this dude, my character, than like some random like dwarven, you know, minstrel or which is obviously doesn't exist in the game. If you do want to know his name, go now to mapreport.com slash y dot html. Yes, you'll see it. Oh, and you'll be able to find it. Yes. You'll see us you'll <laughs> see us uh, the characters right. sleeping at all yeah, after a night of revelry. Yes. Proceed. Yes. <laughs> It's very disturbing. I was very happy to leave that part of my life behind. It's much more fun to do that to your actual person and, like, get a good job and <laughs> have, you know, a respectable reputation and treat people well in real life. And amazingly, in real life, these things work just as they do in Morps. Except where, in fact, except you do you good can't, things um, and you do hard work. Yeah, but you can't cast spells. And make money. You can't and kill monsters. You can't be uber elite. Well, that's... And that's the draw. The draw is that people feel that these worlds are far more exciting than their ordinary lives, which is probably true most of the time, unless you're doing really exciting stuff. It's most of the time going into caves and fighting monsters and finding magical enchanted warhammers is far more exciting than uh, going to uh, you know big lots and picking up a, a vacuum on sale because you need to remove the uh, the uh, dog hair from the couch you just bought off of Craigslist. <laughs> to use a completely random example. Yes. It's not... That related that, to my life. That has nothing at all to do today. with you specifically. Right, exactly. Um, but is there any situation... <laughs> or, buying, or what I did after buying work. Buying a table. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but, buying a table. I mean, but is there any situation... Because you have nothing else to do. But is there any situation in which you would see that there's some kind of... Uh, that there's some kind of, you know, benefit or... or or, or advantage to being able to do some of these things in-game? Like, for example, if you were in a position where you wanted to talk about the reputation of your character, let's say, on the VN boards, and get into fights with people because of the things you say on the VN boards, that could certainly have some value. Like, I, I remember this one guy used to talk all the time about his character, a guy named uh, Skywalker or Sky Sky Mover or something, and would get into fights with well, people. That must have been the Star Wars one, Greg. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, they tried to ban that. But anyway, they used to get into fights um, on the VN boards about it. .com y. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, Russ. You tended to get into fights with people on the VN boards all the time. And this could happen again if you go back to the land of crack, which is what we're talking about here. It's a, it's a terrible world. It's basically what happens, and this is in many different areas in people's lives, this happens, where they just are so emotionally invested in one thing because they spend all their time doing it that they forget that it's meaningless and stupid and nobody cares. And this happens, people who spend all their time on internet chat rooms and then will like do really crazy things and start stalking other people and harass people because that's their world. And they've all of their emotion is invested into it, and they don't realize how frivolous and stupid it is that they're making fun of people when in caps with red fonts because it <laughs> makes them look angry. And then they yell at other <laughs> pixels online because that makes them feel better about themselves. Like They have no context in their life. And that's what happens when you spend so many hours on a game like this. You just lose all perception of what is important, what context is. And these things like, oh my god, you should have let me have this super plus five sword because I deserve it, because I've been working and leading this raid, and you weren't, and you just got it because you're lucky, becomes important to you, and it's absurd. If you're and so are most of the things that we care about, taken into a bigger context. Not all, but a lot of the things that we really care about, the little minutiae, are completely meaningless and worthless, and here, can, won't here care my, about in 20 years from now. If you're us. Here's my modest proposal, <laughs> and not my indecent yes, proposal. Yes, yes. I'd like to repeat, to look at the Vanity Fair cover, <laughs> you'll see why I was thinking indecent. On we go. Anyway, my modest proposal is, given that the entire treadmilling part of our program is over, Russ, there's no more treadmilling whatsoever. Ugh. We are level 50s. Our characters are level 50s. Oh Everything's gosh. done. We have lots of money. You have access to a tremendous amount of money in the game. Okay? Yes. With all of that, there's nothing more <laughs> in the work and the overhead that has to be done. The only thing that has to be done left is to go out and kick rear and take names. And you could do it just an hour or two a day. You wouldn't even need to get together a big group or whatever else. We could just go out. We could do it for a couple hours here and there. You know, an hour or two a week. So right I, after my report, uh, we go. I have two questions. We go to the fields of Hibernia and have fun. I have two questions. And that's questions. all we would do. We wouldn't do any of the work, any of the raids, anything that's a pain, and just have it around. 
I have two questions. Uh, it's just a possibility. For 10 days. Only for 10 days. And if we don't like it, cancel any time. Oh, sure. Exactly. Our listeners out there, this there. game is just not as fun as being described at all. I agree. It's fine. I agree. But it's like any other game when you walk around with a sword and try to kill things. I mean... But it's Andy, okay. you were you, more you maxed out at level one, where the realm versus realm and player versus player was really pretty. Lousy. I'm sure our listeners. And you got really good gear. Our listeners so are going to be surprised. You only one, fell about 400 hours short of getting to realm versus realm. I know. I mean, our listeners are going to be surprised that Andy's general method of playing this game was running around <laughs> naked to the various characters and being like, say, and then starting to flirt with them, just being like, "Hi, hi, how are you? I- I'm naked. Have you noticed? Yeah." Okay, okay, good. See, because I'm naked. Record, you can't actually be naked in this game, as far as I know. Not that you didn't try, well, not though. Actually, not that you didn't try. Without, without, <laughs> without armor, shall we say. I mean, okay, I have, to, I have a couple questions. Question number one. When you guys come back in game, are you both going to start singing, the boys are back in town? That's question number one. Only if we do Should a live show from Hibernia. Okay. Question number two. Is it not possible that upon your re-entrance to Hibernia, you will find that the reason that they're inviting you back is because no one is left in this desolate wasteland that you so cheerily call a game? Is that not possible? If that's true, then we only do our ten free days, and then we get out. We do not re-up. We do not insert credit card numbers. We do not pass go. Okay. Third question. Do you really expect anyone to believe that you are not going, that you are going to leave after ten days, as if that has ever happened in the history of the universe, especially where Russ is concerned. Do you not think that Russ will immediately take his credit card, pump it into the computer, and then swallow the credit card so that he can't get <laughs> back into it and get rid of his account? Do you not think this will happen? Well, Greg, to rebut your example, I would bring you an earlier example, which is when you told me that I could take a two-week free trial of said game. Oh gosh, maybe seven years ago. And I did, and I said, I'm only going to take the trial of this game because I know that I'm so good at video games that I can beat the whole thing in two weeks, be done with it, and then not have to worry about it anymore. And I'll show you what you can do with your little (laughs) fancy eldritch and blah, 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 and I'll just win the game and I'll be done. Three years later, (laughs) it was a mess. Oh, my God. uh, We're having this conversation again. Why? So I can get a little more enjoyment out of my computer time on Wednesday night? Yeah. That's a very proportional idea. It's good. It's like, you know, to answer your, first, your question before, like, you know, well, cr- you know, crack was more in vogue in the 80s, but that's not to say that if we didn't start doing crack right now, we wouldn't have a lot of fun doing it. Even if not as many people would do crack with us as we, might have done absolutely. 20 years we just, ago. We just wouldn't be sheep. Really well, okay, I, I'm perfectly okay with you guys doing this if so long as everyone that you kill, you type in www.metreport.com and then run away screaming. If you do that every time, that would be great. <laughs> On our role-playing yeah. server. <laughs> exactly. That's a tremendous yeah. idea. You should actually name yourselves the Met Report Guild. You we'll should make get, a guild called we'll the Met Report. for our 10 days. <laughs> We'll get seven well, or ten Greg, days banned. Do you know what we actually did, though? Play. We actually created a guild that was called the oh, Elders yes, of Mystic Understanding because the acronym for Elders of Mystic Understanding is EMU. That's good, but it's not good enough. Emu. You need to come up with the magic, the magic Elders Project. No, no, no. We, <laughs> for the Map Report. We could, wait, 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 wait. wait. We, could just, we could just start a new guild that was called the Map Report. We have the money for it. Or you just call yourself the... And the Map Report is obscure enough... Just call it the map report, <laughs> and we'll go around and race for the map report. Yeah, this and they'll idea challenge is it, and we'll be like, and Gaelic. then you'll feel no, map is Gaelic. Like, <laughs> it's Gaelic. Don't you? you exactly. You know the Blarney Stone is in the is in the. <laughs> we'll you know the, the the Blarney Stone is right in the uh, county of Map. I mean, there's no question about it. I love Map of County. Map, yes, right. Map. It's no, like no, me, but it's Map. map. Oh God. Oh yeah, the map. And we'd like to point out that oh, that was an international no, reference. That was an international reference right there. Um, oh, very good, yeah. very good. Look, you guys, I, I played... Now, back in the day, I... Because as we've commented, as people know, I'm somewhat older than the rest of you. And I recall back in the day playing a series of games. No, yes, certainly not. Yes, series no. of games. That's outrageous, sir. A series of games. <laughs> um, one such game uh, was the first ever Morg, which was called Meridian 59. Now, this game, which some of you who are dorks will know, um, was a game that was, you know, it was an online internet role play, you know, whole business whatever, and I would, you know, faithfully get on every night with my 28.8 baud modem, you know, the you know, connect, and get on to it, right? That's right. <laughs> Who is also an Islamic fundamentalist. 
When the revolution... Would you like to connect to the internet? <laughs> that was great. The revolution will be a, a busy phone line. That'll be the revolution. Don't kill me. Um, Don't kill me. So, um, kill me. It's true. Only if we're assassinated by dial-up means. So anyway, so I would get on there, and then there would be like, you know, it was like maybe 100 people. The graphics were freaking terrible. Okay, t- just awful. Now, this is a game that if I were to come back to this game, if somewhere in the world this game still exists, I would log on, and there would be like... 10 people remaining, and the 10 people would have told each other the same... It would be like Clea's failed joke from a few episodes ago, where they all knew the numbers to jokes, and they would just say the numbers and laugh because they had been there so long they knew what the joke was. That That's what it would be like getting back onto this game, and that's why I stay away from it. You guys are going back to the... It's like it's like you're going back onto a devastated battlefield, and you're like, okay, where is the? Where can I find a corpse that I can hack a piece off of and then laugh at? Like, where where can I do that? Where can I go, you know, With elbow Greg, the face that, of a dead guy? I get... Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Savory, savory rum point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> By the way, I want to point out that on the cluster that we would be going back to, there are currently, right now, at this moment, 2,183 people logged in. That's hardly a steaming morass of goo. Twenty-one. That's a lot of. Twenty-one hundred and seventy-five of those people have been dead since nineteen ninety-eight. That's the point story. They're still at their computers. <laughs> That's funny. They somehow cheated uh, the IRS. Dark Age did to <laughs> inflate the number of subscribers, and they're now having dead people sign up on the game to make it look more attractive. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly. About a free trial. Exactly right. All and right, then we can, can log really on quickly? and say, "I see dead people." Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I see dead games. Can I talk really quickly about how well my real life is going so I'm even less, you know, likely to go back to the world of crack cocaine? Sounds like a plan. Let's hear it. I want to talk about how how wonderfully everything's going. Uh, quick J-Date update. It, it is such a useless service. <laughs> it is oh, come on now. <laughs> totally and utterly worthless. I've become so frustrated, and this is a little tidbit, that... I wouldn't, you know, A, people who would flirt with me are people that I would never be interested in. And people that I would flirt with never respond to me. So while it's really fun to look at, you know, where your echelon is and where you fit in in society, you know, who you are qualified to be with and who you aren't, like, it has done nothing other than stratify everything. Well, wait, you know, what, no about the non-lama? It's just like, what about the non-lama? What about the non-lama? you for this, you're too qualified for this. What about the non-lama? What, uh, shorty, whatever, you know, whatever that is. There was no response. I mean, I didn't make much of an effort. I just said hi to her, hi. But there was no response to that, and I'm not going to put it. Come the on, Shorty. If you're listening to the Mep Report, make sure that you email <laughs> Russ at Russ at MepReport.com. To a girl? Seriously. This is well, wait, wait, wait. Just to that particular girl. All you're going to okay, do is say hi. No, 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 no. That's, I have that's the max effort. That's how Russ Here's dates. Russ, he goes up to be. He goes up to people. He's like, hi. You have to be aggressive here, Russ. Yeah, exactly. You have to show, show a little aggression. Women like aggression. You have to say something. You have to say. Yo, baby, or something. You know, I like to hit that stuff, or, or something. They like <laughs> to talk dirty. Yeah. yeah. And, wait, I got and my pen. Hold just, on. You I have to show. Pen. You have okay. to be interested. You know, you got to show your interest. Yo, You're like, baby. baby. I like to. I hit like to stuff. hit that. No, I like, I like to. Stuff. You want to sound like, like a professional, like a gentleman. Right. You don't want to say I, I like wanna. To hit that. You have to say I'd like to. I'd like to hit that stuff. Right. I'd like okay. you to back that stuff up. Now, here's what I actually did, right? I emailed, let's say I've sent out like five or six emails on this thing, which according to the MySpace philosophy of meeting women is not nearly enough. But that's, you know, something I am slowly beginning to believe is the only way to meet women on the Internet, which is really sad. Uh. <laughs> but I sent out in these five, I started to get frustrated after five because I was not getting responses. So finally, I decided I was going to write a letter that it would be literally impossible to not, res- whether positively or negatively, Uh-oh. like you could not get this thing and not this respond This is not to a it. good sign. So, <laughs> I composed a Civil War era letter oh, that I sent to one girl oh, on J-Day oh, no. using old language, and it was like the most uber <laughs> ultra formal thing you could ever think oh, of. I was like, God. dearest madam, my name is Russell of the county of Brooklyn of New York State, and I wish to ask your hand in courtship and I have the following qualities and I would like to know more about your qualities as well. Your humble internet admirer Russell. And I did and I got a response. And the response was the response was we've entered a restraining order. Never contact my client again. Sincerely (laughs) sincerely Frankman and Schmidt. That's what it was. I was so excited because it was the first response I got. And I was like, you see? I'm clever. I'm original. She understands. It worked. And the letter that I got, it was like the first sentence was, Dearest Sir, 
And I was like, she's writing back in the same genre! (laughs) (laughs) I am a genius! And then the next line was, I don't think that we would be a good fit. Thank you for your letter. Regards, Sadie, or whatever her name was. And I was like, wow, you see? It was a polite response to my Civil War era letter. Because really, you can't, I mean... You can't just ignore uh, a Civil War era letter. I mean... Beyond People the rest, like that, that deserve like to be heard and responded to. Yeah, or dismissed as I think that if you're lunatics. a chick on J-Date, and you're getting inundated with these things, and you read something like this, that at least deserves an, okay, this guy's either crazy enough or has enough time on his hands or is creative, that, that deserves a response. So I was proud of myself. I was not at all embarrassed, hence my reporting it on the Memp Report. But if that's and the, I'll do it again. Yeah, I was just going to say, if that's the case, then why not well. just, yeah, I mean... You know, do things more in that regard, and you're going to end up getting some freaking nutcase, um, you know, who's got psychological problems <laughs> responding to you. That's perfect. My grandparents do Civil War reenactments every other Saturday. Exactly. They're the exactly. You're going to end up with someone I who really speaks is. that way all the time. Exactly. Doesn't just write that way and reply. But it's actually like, oh, my God. And they'll be so convinced that you're their soulmate because very few people think they're living in the 1860s, but you clearly do. <laughs> Dear sir. They will never let you go. Dear sir, ever they since the loss at Appomattox, I have not been the same. And I wish that something had happened when old Stonewall fell there at the wall. What could we do to try to overcome them? And then, like a fresh breeze, your letter came to me, and I realized that I could wait for you, my one and only. When the flag of Dixie again waves over the county of Brooklyn, when Robert E. Lee has entered the capital and the South has risen again, then, my love, we will be together forever. At which point you'd have to write back and be like, yo, bitch, I'm from the North. What? Yankee. We won! Booyah! Yeah. Isn't it conceivable, though, if all you're getting as a woman on J-Date is like, yo, baby, I want to hit that you find what's up, and then you get the Civil War letter that you'll be, like, refreshed by that, right? Doesn't that make sense? Refreshed and, re- and horrified. Women like romance. <laughs> they like Women like Harlequin sanity. They like sane people. from the 19th century. Sane is nice. No, they don't. Yes, they do. They, who told you that? That's a freaking lie. Sane is nice. That's a freaking lie, man. It's not true. <laughs> you don't want it. <laughs> Stop face the violence, king. Stop face the violence, king, and I like the North. <laughs> Go North. Shut up. Women like me to punch them because I'm Stompface <laughs> oh, the Violence King. We at the Mep Report do <laughs> oh, not God. endorse anything about punching women at all. That was Stompface. We had nothing to do with that. We want to apologize. I don't think I endorse Ooh. anything Russ has said in like three episodes. <laughs> so I just want to put that Okay, well, that's good. Wow. Uh, Especially my resistance to crack cocaine. That's very impressive. Sorry, I only like the victims. Yeah. Welcoming mm, victims. So, drugs and debauchery. So, Andy, how long do you think Russ could go on with this thing? Like, let's say that he just ignored what he said, what the woman said, and he wrote back and was like, My dearest, I understand that you may not think we are right for each other, but I will show you the error of your ways, and I will begin by sending you this tin type of me, taken at uh, in 1866, uh, you know, <laughs> nearby. Like, do you think he could do this? How long could he do this without getting a restraining order? Andy is my question. You could just break it down. Yeah. I mean, I, I really believe that you can't send a tintype in this day and age. I think you've got to you've got to at least send a, a daguerreotype because she really she wants to see you. You know, the tintypes came out so hazy. So I think you at least have to go for the daguerreotype. And at that point, you know, maybe maybe you could have something. Could uh, you could at that point uh, meet up and uh, uh, I don't know what did Civil War people do together. Um. I mean, not the actual people fighting. They, I mean, they, the people they, they killed. Uh, they killed they brother versus. I was other. gonna say they. Hey, they hey, killed their brother. The they killed brother versus brother. <laughs> My troops are gray and yours are blue. Yeah, hey, baby, you got a brother I can shoot or what? <laughs> My troops are Come gray, on. yours are blue. Yeah. Meet in the field. Uh, Someone else you can have a picnic. picnic. You, you'd let like her in a picnic or row her around a lake or hit. Oh, God. Oh, the rhythm of three. You probably shouldn't bathe for a week or two, though, to really simulate Civil War conditions. Right. And or at least describe such conditions in the letter. If you're fighting for the South, you exactly. might want to go around and imp- not bathe. You might want to go around and oppress some black people if you want to duplicate conditions in the South around that time. That would be nice, too. Just to sort of get the real feel of the South. Wow. What the South was fighting for. Getting lower right, and lower then. in my esteem, this uh, this internet service is. <laughs> uh, upon my emailing <laughs> of this girl, uh, the two latest viewers of my profile, which has been waning by the day, were a 48-year-old woman <laughs> and she a, a 47-year-old man. Yeah, great job, Jay. Well done. <laughs> well done, sir. Woo! 
<laughs> Outstanding. That, that is, is nice. worth my money every penny. Holy shit. Uh, so, once again, I'm, uh, that's another subject so that I'm never going to talk about the on official, a report uh, ever again. Seal of approval <laughs> for J-Date, right? I think that, that's enough that we now know. Well, I mentioned to Russ before yeah. that... Um, it gets my approval. I, I mentioned to Russ before that... there uh, be an anti-seal of approval? <laughs> like the MEP uh, seal, seal of repulsion or something like that? I mentioned uh, before that I saw um, one of the musicals that I went to, I went to see a musical that I was reviewing for uh, CurtainUp.com and, uh, on Monday, and the way that the people meet each other is through J-Date, except that they're not Jewish. That's part of the joke. But the minute they said J-Date, like, the entire audience was like, whoa, J-Date, woo which means they've even either heard of it or many of them met through J-Date. Like, the, this one guy, this one... There's a huge billboard in Times Square, actually. That's big on J-Date. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, really? Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's like people, you know, 40 feet people all sitting together looking very Jewishy together. <laughs> well, the guy in front of me, the couple uh, in front of me was this, this, this older couple, and the, as they got up there, as they were getting ready to leave, someone was, he's like, well, you know, this is our 40th anniversary, and the person's like, oh, did you meet through J-Date? And, like, was serious. And the guy's like, no, no, we didn't meet through J-Date because, you know, back in, you know, 19, you know, whatever it was, 19, the 40th wedding anniversary. So back in 1966, uh, you know, clearly J-Date was Watch not as Greg popular. Watch Greg do math live <laughs> on the Met Report. That's right. I did it right, too. 1960, I resemble the remark that that's my voice, but uh, I'll take that into consideration for next time. Yeah, 1966. Uh, and clearly, 1966, the gears grind not, so, not so big on J-Date. <laughs> six, seven, six, seven, seven. So, wow. if you're subscribed to any okay. of the following things, please cancel and run away. J-Date, Dark Age of Camelot, <laughs> The Global Consciousness Project, Rumpha, School of Enlightenment. And other Progress things Quest, as well, but not the MEP report that you can yes, keep. Yes, that you should keep. Progress Quest. No, no, Progress mm-hmm. Quest. You, you can keep that. More time. Hey, Andy, how are you doing on Progress Quest? How much farther have you gotten? Oh yeah, I, um, I'm, um, I, you know, I've advanced to the next level. Congratulations! That's what level is that now? That's, uh, that's great. I, I think it's level two. <laughs> um, that's the one that comes after one, yes, right? Yes, that, that's general. Oh, and then I stopped playing it for about three months because. <laughs> It's not actually a leading game. up till now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell people. Don't look behind the now, curtain. Now, would you say the game is not a game as part of its meaning or its function? Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even uh, believe what you're saying. Uh, it's functionally not a game. Yes, absolutely. That reminds me, since we're in the business of tying up loose ends, I should mention that I have now seen. I, I saw a couple weeks ago, actually, Star Wars you Episode Three. No, what? Oh, what? Eh? Not those loose ends. Tying up loose ends. Two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, I saw Star Wars Episode Three. Yes. About time. Oh. Star Wars Episode Three. Finally saw it. Uh, it what really do you loose think? Ends? Did you enjoy um, it? I thought it was crappy, and it was somewhat less crappy. Uh, and because it's somewhat less crappy, somehow that got... I thought they could have skipped the other movies, done this, and then it would have been like, well, that was really crappy, but at least there's only one crappy movie instead of three of them. That was my feeling. Dude, episode two was great. Episode two rocks or No, episode two was a waste about. of film and was an awful one of the worst movies ever made. Other than that, you're totally right. I killed them. I killed them well, all. I killed them all. Worst movies ever Story. made. Here here's the most the most compelling moment about Anakin's descent into evil. He's in the camp, he's angry at everybody, he lights his lightsaber, let's fade out. Then we get to see him discussing it later on because of the brilliance of Hayden Christensen's acting. I killed them all. I killed them. All of them died when I killed them. Oh god, jeez. Worst ugh. A waste of a two hours of my life, or an hour and forty minutes, or whatever the hell it was. Or how about yeah. Yoda the Super Bowl? Yoda the I've lightsaber never... wielding Super Bowl. That was another highlight of uh, you know that that plus Count do- Doofus or Doopu seen... or Doodoo or whatever the hell that Jedi name was. God, a waste of space. I've never seen a more awkward on-screen romance than that between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen. That would be living a lie. Yes, I, I could not believe 
how awkwardly it was like not only were they acting in front of a green screen but each to the other person was just a green screen they're like <laughs> you're tumbling around on the ground by yourself somebody's kissing you somebody's kissing you react they're kissing you you love them react that's what it was like yep that's exactly right and i was just like i don't know the whole the whole thing was so like I was like, why would you be interested in this per why would you ever what what? What? Like in third movie when they're like, just hold me the way you did back in the movie, movie two. Actually made you incoherent? Yes. It, 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 that's what happened. <laughs> it made him do math. That's, yeah, exactly. Maybe do Live math. Live on a radio show. Live on a radio show. So I mean I'm, everybody in the third movie when we were watching it, when I was I was looking at it and they're like, Well, they're going through their thing about I'm so happy I found you and I'm I'm back with you again and she's like, Just hold me the way you did, you know, when we were back in Naboo. I'm like, Yes, please do anything that reminds us of movie two. First, please take out your lightsaber and kill both of you. Just at once. And please make this movie go that much faster, please. If if you would. So you liked it, is what I gather. Um not so much. I thought it was okay. And by okay, I mean not a waste of time and space like the first two movies were. There was actually a uh, phenomenal well. article linked on FARC.com yesterday that talked about the ten greatest sci-fi movies that were never made. And uh, it talks about how horrendous the prequels were, basically because we all knew what the story was already. And so what's the point of doing something where we all know what's basically going to happen except for the minutia of like historical and political things that nobody cares about? Right. Rather, you know, he said that they should have done the sequels. But if I could find the link, I'd love to tell you what it is, because it was the best article I've ever read about sci-fi I, movies that should have been made. I think that's why they generally do the prequels first, and then the sequels. <laughs> but when they do it first, it's not called the prequel. It's just the first movie. Well, you know, the fact that he did the middle three movies were the, the those are the ones that he think he needed to be able to actually, you know, get them made and then get them to be successful, as opposed to these first three, where the only reason anybody watched it is because, you know, it was Star Wars and anything was better than no Star Wars, until Lord of the Rings came out, and then they realized that wasn't the case. But before that, in the old darkness prior okay. to Lord of the Rings, then that needed to be happening. The link is www.pointlesswasteoftime.com <laughs> exactly. forward slash film forward slash sci-fi dot html. See if that works. There's some more, but maybe. Word slash film, forward slash what? Forward slash what? Sci-fi. Sci-fi.html. Slash, slash zombie slash flash video.com. You paranoid bastard. I'm not trying to get you with a freaking flash video. I already did it. Remember? It was funny. The top ten best sci-fi films that never existed. The Real Alien 3. Yeah. Everyone should read this and enjoy. This is an excellent The article. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, directed I by mean, not you know, Garth not Jennings. right now, where we're supposed to be doing radio. But Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, and goodness. welcome to our radio show. Now everybody read. <laughs> welcome to the silent reading MEP report. <laughs> hey, this is enjoyable. Oh, dear God. Oh, I like and it. I just got an email. The sound of reading. Just got an email from... Uh, oh, Snow Crash. Outstanding. I totally agree with that. Uh, I just got an email from uh, Clea, who was previously starred and was considered to be refreshing by one of our reviewers. And she points out that it is uh, one of our uh, meppers is actually got a birthday coming up in five days. So we want to say happy birthday to Story Clayton, MEP Report guy, friend of the MEP Report, and, you know, MEP Report person. Happy birthday to Story. Do, 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 well, thank do, you. Say it's your map game. Gonna drink time. Gonna drink emu. unfortunate so yeah we've um do we wait for him to come i don't back know we i'm wondering if we, we just you know the no, show just not end that end way <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening to the vep report for the last time that story's ever going to be on it <laughs> no we're just kidding we'll convince him by next week you know New hey player. he's back good see he's already uh, got on over it that was a very funny story fun. yeah we're big fans only on the map report does your birthday tribute end up slamming you personally <laughs> that's, that's only here oh, 
Hey, I was just doing, I was just the background. I was the harmony. That's all I was. Yeah. Yeah, so. And that's the show. <laughs> I'm going to be Greg now and say, we've been here for well over an hour. Yes. We appreciate you listening. That's true. If you're a human being and you have fingers, please type in www.podcastalley.com and then continue to use your fingers to type MEP report in the search window and then further click on voting for the MEP report and add to our already quickly accumulating number of votes on podcastalley.com, yes. We've, which are not just us voting. That's right. And then email us at mapreport.com and tell them how much you'd love to have him in Hard Bernie again. <laughs> and then, yeah, oh and then send, and title that from from the land of crack. Please please do all that. That would be, that would be just great. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. If you're one of Sky Strider's former female admirers, please stay far yeah, away. Yeah, but not if you're on J-Date. And uh, send me uh, nudie pictures if you're women. Nudie pictures. And then he'll forward them on to Ross at J-Date. Click on my email. <laughs> Nudie pictures. Oh, God. I need groupies, so I'm looking for groupies. Groupie searching. <sighs> if you think Andy is H-O-T-T hot, please don't let us hot. know about it. Hot. Just tell Andy. <laughs> let me know about it. it. was brought to you by an international coalition of people who hate ethnocentric podcasts. We hope you enjoyed the discussion of American debate, American <laughs> politics, American <laughs> dating services, and other American things. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Say goodbye, everyone. Journey on from place to place And if that's the case Then my life's a waste Cause there's nothing left